Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Monday morning. Uh, I am Apollo, uh, here reporting with Conservative Daily, and here I have joining me... I'm Jake Frejo. Hello, Jake Frejo. Good good morning. Let's go, Brendan. I I would be out there with you, but my flight got canceled. Yeah, you were supposed to uh, be here. Um, I don't know if it's because people are walking off. factory almost blew up. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you you weren't in a fertilizer explosion. Uh, So... Praise be to God. Um, I'm not sure if your flight was delayed because people just didn't want to uh, cater to you on a flight or because there were staffing shortages or what? Well, it was Frontier, but uh, it was actually coming from Denver. So apparently Denver's in the in the swamp, and uh, now I have to show you my house. But uh, we have a good show lined up. We're, we're talking about an endless pile of hypocrisy coming from the left yes and this to start off the week to start off yes to start off the week the the radical left and the mainstream media have uh continued full steam ahead in their unbridled hypocrisy and absolute garbage and nonsense um also for anyone else wondering uh max is uh on a flight so max is fine uh, he will be here this afternoon, I believe. Uh, so him and Joe will both be in studio for the show uh, this evening. Uh, Joe is on his way back as well. So both of them are well. Both of them are on their way back. Um, so just as an update for all of you. Um, but some interesting stuff happened. Jake, I can uh, let you kick it off if you want. Uh, we have some, some new revelations Absolutely. about BLM. BLM and their wonderful upright you know, transparent financials uh, gets into another subject that's uh, been a big issue recently. But, uh, and I love the memes that have been coming out of it, but the truck convoy in, uh, in Canada, uh, GoFundMe, another super woke uh, Silicon Valley uh, financial entity has, as you've probably seen, jammed up every single one of the donations amounting to about $10 million dollars. From BL, uh, from uh, sorry, Freudian slip, from uh, from the donations that went to the trucker convoy, and they gave the ultimatum to the people that had given the money. They said that you have the ability to request a refund, or GoFundMe will decide the charity that they find suitable for it to go to. So mm-hmm. if you don't request a refund, GoFundMe is going to make the um, executive decision in determining where that money is best uh, suited. Now, the funny thing is, uh, being that a a simple protest, which now the politicians are calling an insurrection, domestic terrorist uh, extravaganza, is is prohibited from uh, fundraising. But uh, BLM, I actually went to GoFundMe this morning and looked at their site, and there's pages up for BLM. And they're all incredibly, you know, shady as far as where it's going. And that's one of the things we're going to dive into 
is the big issue that they're making out of the money going to truckers for food and, and fuel, right? But we're talking about in total tens of millions of dollars that were uh, raised for BLM with no transparency, no accountability, and a lot of states are starting to shut everything down. So to uh, start off the hypocrisy, Mr. Producer, we could uh, pull up uh, image A1, please. Security experts are concerned about possible threat financing tied to trucker convoy. You know, Apollo, they never, they never labeled it. You can pull it down. You, they never labeled it threat financing when tens of millions of dollars were going into BLM uh, coffers to bail out uh, arsonists and looters and, you know, people that were assaulting cops, cop, people getting out, then shooting cops, all being funneled through with money that came in on platforms like GoFundMe. In fact, the article itself, which I know the producer was having trouble pulling up, the politicians are completely uh, labeling a narrative here so that they can bring down the hammer, which should be uh, interesting to see how the next few days unfold as they start labeling this a uh, terrorist incursion on par with January 6th. And this is an article, uh, the, the body from the, the image we put up, as the so-called we'll freedom... March, con uh, February 6th, 2022. Yeah, no, just the Canadian fr French version. As the so-called Freedom Convoy enters its second week of protests in Ottawa, hard questions are being asked about a GoFundMe campaign set up by convoy organizers and whether any of the, any of the $10 million raised so far might have come from malevolent sources keen on wreaking havoc in Canada. You know, they were very offended by uh, one reporter said that they had bouncy houses for the kids. And then the governor came out and said it's very concerning that such a, such a dire situation it's being enjoyed by children in bouncy castles, right? You, Apollo, do you remember the CNN reporter saying it was a mostly peaceful protest as the oh, yeah. city oh, yeah. burned down behind him? Yeah, but the kids yeah, as in the it's literally castle, on fire in the background. It's it's kind of like those ISIS training videos, you know, where they're like swinging sticks and doing really bad <laughs> jumping jacks, right? It's the same thing. The kids in the bouncy castles are it's it's the same parallel. So security experts, and I, I lose attention when uh, an article cites an expert, uh, but security experts also say they're worried about the lack of transparency surrounding the fundraiser and whether any of the donations could end up in the hands of hate groups or people who promote hateful ideologies, including people who attended the protests carrying Nazi flags and the flags of known terrorist groups. That's their... Uh, that's their grounds for all of this. Mm. Um, fascinating, fascinating, and uh, the 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 next step up is that the governor of Ottawa, or I don't know how they run things over there, but the governor of some some city state has uh, made it so that the police are handing out hundreds and thousands of in, in fines and tickets. And that they're seizing fuel and supplies that are being brought into the convoy. So it's setting, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, below zero temperatures, setting up uh, a, a really dangerous situation where you have, I think, something like 70,000 trucks in the capital. And that, you know, what happens when 100 of them run out of fuel and jam up the entire thing, right? So it, it sets a really 
really dangerous, uh, you know, forecast as to uh, as to where they're going to try to take this. And I think it's going to turn into a January 6th style, uh, you know, optics uh, campaign like uh, like we had here. Well, and I think it's so um, I don't know how many people are have been following the news coverage of the, uh, you know, the, the GoFundMe deal with the, with the Freedom Convoy. Um, someone in, in one of the comments said, it's weird, they just reported that they were giving them the money. So originally when the reports came out that they were holding all the money, um, it, it got into this weird back and forth, like they held millions of dollars. And then uh, there was actually someone from the trucker convoy saying, no, they, they're, uh, they haven't shut down the, the GoFundMe. Um, and it looked like they were saying that and because these were coming from mainstream media reports. And I think we even brought it up once. Or, uh, yeah, we did. We, we, we covered it briefly. And the people were saying, no, I think they're, they're saying this and they're lying so that people stop donating to us. Well, then they went around. Then they, they turned around and said, no, like it, it was, I think it was just reported uh, like a few days ago that they're getting all the money. And now, now right here we have, uh, no, GoFundMe shut them down and they're going to give and go for millions of dollars. I think a it's all like a campaign AGs to screw with them. Uh, absolutely. A, a bunch of AGs are all getting on the bandwagon to go after them for, for criminal uh, criminal behavior. Yeah, someone in the comments says the Give, Send, Go donation page is down. One, one issue um, Give, Send, Go has had over the past few weeks is their ability to handle the traffic uh, coming from GoFundMe. Uh, so uh, if you are trying to donate to them, just go back at different intervals throughout the day. They have, uh, I think, bandwidth issues with all the people that are trying to get on there. But, uh, you know, the hypocrisy of this is, you know, we, we we look at what's unfolding now with BLM here. And I mean, they're in some serious hot water. You know, they, the executives have slowly or quietly left the organization over the past six months as it's coming out that all of their money and where it came from, where it went, what they're doing with it is entirely uh, murky. No one knows. And so a bunch of states, California, uh, North Carolina, a bunch of different states have revoked their 501c3 status. And, you know, all the money that was coming in was people were incentivized to donate because they'd get a tax deduction on their annual taxes and then now all of a sudden, this war chest that was uh, raised to help uh, marginalized groups, or so they claimed, is is disappeared. You know, they 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 they're looking at they they didn't ever file their 990 for 2021, I believe, and there's something like 60 million dollars on the books, and even even. Floyd's family in Minnesota, they, you know, they, they were probably a year ago, the first one to, you know, start talking about this, that, you know, all this money came in, but, you know, we, we didn't see any of it. Now, Apollo, do you have any idea where all that money could have gone? <laughs> well, there's been, uh, <laughs> there's been a few things that have come out. Uh, the, uh, the founder, and I believe it's, uh, if you, if you can put up B3, uh, Mr. Producer, the founder, Patrice, Colors Khan. Um, I know she had transferred. Uh, yeah, so so Patrice Colors Khan uh, was a co-founder. 
she's tied to several other organizations whose finances raise red flags. Um, she is one of the individuals who's uh, purchased real estate. I'm not sure what part of the BLM mission that's supposed to uh, go to or if they're going to use that as community housing since, you know, uh, communism is good. Uh, but they, BLM funds were transferred to a Canadian nonprofit run by her spouse. Uh, that's also very interesting. You go ahead and take that down. Um, so, I mean, there's one example. There were other individuals as well who were caught buying real estate to, you know, like six-figure and I think seven-figure numbers. That was just a, that was a purchase in Canada. Her, her uh, you know, American portfolio was something like five million as well. Yeah, and there you were know, other there were other members that we reported on who also bought real estate. She bought. I mean, she had a place in Beverly Hills, and it's funny, you know. We have a, a good uh, interview with her when when uh, the question came up: it, it, Does she identify as a Marxist? And it's a it's a four <laughs> minute screed against capitalism. But the beauty and irony of it is that here is a steward to the black people, or so she so she says, that has had no problem dumping millions of dollars funneled through a charity off the backs of marginalized groups and guess where she bought all these houses predominantly white neighborhoods you know so it's Whoa. she loves she loves black people so much and hates capitalism so much that she took all of those millions of dollars and bought fancy houses in white communities as Elon, I don't know. Uh, Elon Musk said, "If if she could be, if she if you could die of irony, she'd be dead by now." <laughs> <laughs> but let's um let's 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 pull up image A three and show the people why uh, garbage like this managed to you know take off and, and where the money was coming from. So Mr. image A three, Mister Producer. All right. Uh, so this is uh, the Illinois governor was actually uh, uh he 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 dropped three hundred thousand dollars in federal covid relief funds which is uh french for taxpayer dollars that's it like three hundred thousand dollars were uh delivered to black lives matter uh in i believe is the the, the uh, one of their chapters one of their state chapters and it was delegated to go to something for betterment of you know the inner city community. And so here's a perfect example of how it became so mainstream. And and now what happens when the IRS says that tens of millions of dollars were laundered and you know misappropriated and a bunch of it came from politicians using taxpayer money. That's our money. They used $300,000 of taxpayer money to go to some BS smoke show. And you know, in, when 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 financial crimes take place, the IRS has to go back out and hunt it down. Uh, when when we're talking about massive fraud like that, and who again is going to pay for that? You know, uh, you know, like the the PPP loans, a hundred billion dollars they believe was fraudulently obtained, and so then they go and hire a new department in the IRS to go get the money back that should never have gone out in the first place. So. Again, beautiful, beautiful uh, rat hole money laundering uh, circle well, all done. And, you know, I mean, the uh, you've got BLM and it's a little nexus with Act Blue and all these people. I mean, you know, 
in a conservative uh, slant, if the if the roles were reversed, I have a feeling the IRS might have already visited them by now. But who knows? I do also like yeah, no, uh, it's, spoke it's, French for Steve. En français, psychopath. Oui, oui. Uh, so what's what's fascinating is all that money that went through BLM and then you know was going is essentially taxpayer money was getting funneled through because uh, a five hundred one c three is allowed to receive money and then delegate it in the same you know legal tax exempt status to another five hundred one c three. Which is Act Blue, Act Blue, or you know, so they a five hundred one c three can give money, no problems, no questions asked, to another five hundred one status organization. So you're talking about the potential tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer money that came off of these PPP loans, which all you had to show was a bank account and an LLC, you know, a, a ghost, a shell company, and you could go and get whatever you wanted. And then, so, so how much of this uh, activism of taxpayer money was actually rat holed through 501c3s to fund political campaigns? So with all that in mind, let's uh, pull up a, a, a video. I believe it's uh, A4, Mr. Producer. Have that ready. It's uh, Miss Colors, who's the uh, executive director of BLM. Uh, addressing allegations that she's a Marxist. Um, Roll it. About a, mi- about a minute into it gets very, uh, very entertaining when she starts talking about uh, destroying capitalism. And you know, to the listener and the viewer, remember this is a woman that just dropped 6.5 million cash on a mansion in, in Canada and has accumulated anywhere from five to seven million dollars in property in the most exclusive white neighborhoods in this country. Mr. Producer, play cut A4, please. So y'all asked, and I am ready to answer. Am I a Marxist? Let's get into it. Hey everybody, my name is Patrice Colors. I am the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. I'm also the executive director of the Black Lives Matter Global Network. And welcome to my YouTube channel. We're gonna talk about something that I have been accused of over the last several months. It's been intense at times, it's been hilarious at times, but I feel like I need to set the record straight. Am I a Marxist? I've seen a lot of y'all's comments. In fact, I got them right here. Do not fall for their trick. They're pushing a communist agenda. Sorry, this is really funny. (laughs) So despicable how Marxists have infiltrated the civil rights movement and turned it into a monster. She is trying to burn the whole system down. Admitted trained Marxist and Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors sends strongly worded letter to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, demanding they bow to their Black liberation domestic terror agenda. We warned you this was coming and now it's here. Patrice Cullors is a Marxist. All right, y'all. I mean, let's... Let's just talk about it. Am I a Marxist? I'm a lot of things. I do believe in Marxism. It's a philosophy that I learned really early on in my organizing career. We were taught to learn about the systems that were criticizing capitalism. We were taught to understand why there were philosophies that were criticizing capitalism. I'm working on making sure that people don't suffer. 
I'm working to make sure people don't go hungry. And these comments that I've received have been incredibly hurtful. It means that so many people who have oh, listened thing. to people like me inside Black Lives Matter and across other social justice organizations aren't really taking our work very seriously. But I do believe that we can get to a place where there's a socioeconomic system that doesn't oppress some groups of people and only uplifts a few. We can't allow for fear to dictate how we understand what's possible. You want to know a funny fact? Everybody called Dr. Martin Luther King a communist. That was the terrible word he was called forever up until he was assassinated. And now everybody loves Dr. Martin Luther King. Nobody talks about his work as being work that was terrible or bad. And so our movement um, at the core of it, we believe in the liberation of every single human being. What structure will get us there? Not our current ones. We can see that right now because of COVID-19. Who's being impacted the most by COVID-19? The poor. Who's being impacted the most by COVID-19? Black folks, Latinx folks. And so if we lived in a system that cared for everybody, COVID-19 wouldn't be as big of an issue. We could just look at countries overseas who are dealing with it completely differently because they actually value human lives. That's what our movement believes in. We believe in the valuing of human lives. Damn, should I make a video about that? I don't know if it's worth us talking about. All right, you can pull it. I'm sick already. All right, so before I comment on that, I do have to remind everyone, uh, gratefully, that this podcast is sponsored by Air Medcare Network. Uh, So if you do live in a rural area, or if you haven't thought about the cost of air medical uh, transport, now would be a really good time to do so. Uh, Health insurance will not always cover the cost of an air medical flight, and it can be extremely expensive. So don't let it bankrupt you or your family in case you ever need that. Uh, With Air Medicare Network, you are covered and your entire household is covered. So not just yourself, but your entire family uh, for as little as $85 a year. It is less if you're a senior. Uh, So if you go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily, you'll get up to $50 back in, in, uh, in a gift, gift card, a Visa gift card. Do not use the Amazon gift card uh, because Amazon is trash and we do not like to uh, support them. But go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, promo code daily, and get uh, up to $50 back in a gift card. Protect your family in case you ever do need air medical uh, transport. I do actually have a friend who was airlifted. He fell off a bike and ended up splitting his skull, and it saved his life um, because he, he actually went into a, a coma, basically, from brain swelling. So uh, he, he had a pretty hefty bill. So this is something that I've seen needed in, in, in real life, and it's something that, uh, that can be extremely expensive. So, uh, so this is something you want to take advantage of. Um, but uh, we can take that down now. And now that we're done with the ad read, um, after watching that little video, I have a new... Uh, a new toy, and I am declaring her a psychopath. I have a psychopath gavel. Um, and a financial fraud. You can see that. It says Judge Apollo uh, but where, bringing justice to the psychopaths. Where do you even get something like that? Uh, a, friend of mi- a uh, good friend of mine. You got a guy? Very, very good. Uh, <laughs> I got a guy. 
yeah, some very dear friends of mine got me my psychopath gavel. So let's, that woman let's, let's really is a psychopath. Let's let's pull up image A five, Mr. Producer. We got a, a nice visual of. Uh, I'm of so one. excited to have this. Um, just by the way, stoking <laughs> racial divide uh, can get you. Very profitable industry. So Black Lives Matter sent millions to Canada charity to buy mansion. This is, you know, it's funny because it looks like a castle or an armory, and she might need it when the IRS comes to seize it. But uh, you can pull it down, Mr. Producer. Or who knows? Maybe when her BLM network realizes that she is full of crap. I doubt it'll be the street thugs because they were mostly paid. But Mr. Producer, image A6 as well. Uh, it's starting to spool up. They're all starting to, uh, and it, California too. You know, that's that's surprising that they were they were, you know, one of the first ones to jump on this. But BLM shuts down online fundraising in California, Washington uh, and Washington following state AG warnings. So I, we're going to see this probably be a bigger fraud than the whole COVID uh, rhetoric of, of shutdowns and mask mandates, that this was really the kickoff to the chaos of COVID and to truth coming out that the american public i mean you know you read some of these tweets where people are like oh i donated everything i had to blm well good for you you should have done your research <laughs> but the amount the uh maybe maybe ask for a refund uh but the amount of money that was you know this was a war machine it was a a, a politically driven war machine that is going to go down in flames that uh, you know these people and that's probably part of the reason why she bought a house in Canada is there are going to be instances I mean just like any other financial crime you know you're talking about Wall Street and someone defrauds a you know a fund millions of dollars and then they end up in Belize <laughs> or uh, you know they run <laughs> off to they run off to Monaco that might be part of this uh, uh, connecting the dots here that you know with all of the executives dropping out and away from the organization and now buying property in other countries you know justice may may be coming to some degree but if you go to gofundme now mr producer pull up image a8 still plenty of uh causes up there that they don't mind we have huh. uh the wait, 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 wait before you before you go these aren't the these aren't the same people who who were getting money while they were burning down the communities, were they? Uh, they are, and there are dozens of them still on GoFundMe. Oh, uh, you're kidding! Truckers, Wait, this is the same trucker. platform. <laughs> the, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the yes, same platform. Shocked. This is the same platform that took down the fundraising pages for Dana Broussard, for Ernest uh, Ramirez. Uh, who lost his any, son any five voter, days after yeah, the any Pfizer January shot. Six guys. That's yep. really interesting. There's but, zero I mean, it's, hypocrisy it's, it's, and BS going on here, right? But there's there's zero accountability here in that anyone can set one of these things up and there's no oversight as to where the money's going. So here's one. Winter warming for all DSM residents, BLM and D. Um, I guess that's like Marxists of America or something. But you can create whatever you want and no one is checking to see where the money's going. Like the one where BLM Patterson, second annual turkey giveaway. Like no one is vetting these people. But, you know, one, one fundraiser that's focused on one specific cause, like the trucking convoy, 
is thrown out the window and labeled everything, uh, you know, uh, of the narrative that it's racist, it's 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 funding terrorism. I haven't seen the truckers burn down anything in the city yet. Yeah, I don't think I have either. To be entirely honest, kind of weird how that happens. They actually cleaned up the thing that they put flags on in Canada. We have one more. We have one more good video. We have one more good video before <clears throat> you want to jump. And to actually, yours. give me give me but, one uh, second before we go on to that video. Is this uh, the GoFundMe stuff? I know it's A seven. It's it's the collapse of uh, of BLM and and all the investigations that are being opened into them. Okay. Okay. Mr. Producer, play uh, play A seven, please. It started as a hashtag in 2013. It became a global phenomenon in 2020. Whether you want to bend the knee or not, you can't deny Black Lives Matter has swept the world. Peaceful, mostly peaceful. was BLM's year. $90 million in donations. Around 20 million people in the U.S. alone took to the streets last summer. 550 places of protest. A year on, where are they? Well, around 13% of them have put down their I can't breathe placards. That's how much support for BLM has dropped in a year, according to a recent poll. And the ugly truth seems to be that BLM itself might be to blame. Black communities were told a revolution was on its way, but now many of them feel like pawns in a politicized media circus. They are benefiting from the blood of our loved ones and won't even talk to us. We don't want or need your parading in the streets, accumulating donations, platforms, movie deals, etc. of the death of our loved ones, while the families and communities are left clueless and broken. And grieving parents who sought comfort in the racial justice group that promised to honor those who died at the hands of police realized that there was no comfort to be found. I could walk in a room full of people who claim to be here for Breonna's family, who don't even know who I am. I've watched y'all raise money on behalf of Breonna's family. Talk about fraud. Enough is enough. It's not just moral fraud by abusing the trust of vulnerable people. There are allegations of financial fraud too, with local BLM centers themselves casting doubt on the source of donations and where the money goes, because they say it doesn't go to them. And while these questions are asked, the BLM co-founders caught splurging on a 2,700 square foot home oh, for no. $1.4 million to add to her collection of other multi-million dollar properties. That's a lot of equity. A controversy that saw Kula's resign. Nice house. Never to face up to those she's let down. Now she doesn't have to show red. her accountability. She can just take the money and run.
run towards a multi-year deal with the Warner Brothers to produce a number of TV projects, a Hollywood life to match that LA home she bought. Which I'm to sure she's donating to be angry, spiteful, anti-woke criticism just isn't fair because these aren't a few lone voices on the outside. No, these are mostly critics from within and they're growing louder and louder. I was an insider in Black Lives Matter and I learned the ugly truth. The moratorium on charter schools does not support rebuilding the black family, but it does create barriers to a better education for black children. I resigned from Black Lives Matter after a year and a half. BLM flags still get him on the show. symbols of a fight for a better yeah. future. But as more scandals come to light, as more doubt is cast on the organization, its goals, its priorities, its honesty, one can ask, has Black Lives Matter failed to live up to its name? And is it that actually, at the end of the day, money, fame and power matter the most? The Black Lives Matter organization leaders were ever connected to the base. BLM is actually an acronym for big, luxurious mansions. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, is kind of entertaining. <laughs> it is uh, kind of entertaining to see these individuals now reaping the benefits of what they, I would assume, previously would have decried as the uh, evil, you know, fruits of the capitalist, uh, you know, American dream and all that. I mean, now, oh, look, they're celebrities. They've got million-dollar houses. I, I think some of the other people who are at the upper level were buying, like, all kinds of expensive uh, purses and garbage, going, going clothes shopping. I mean, like, psychopaths, where do you people get off? I need a. It's uh, it's 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 truly spectacular. Uh, you know, you have on that video that just played Brianna Taylor's family offering their insight, which was right, like one of the fundamental figures of the struggle in 2020. And then Floyd's family has been very vocal about the Minnesota donations that came through that they never got, yep. and they didn't say like when Floyd's family approached approached you know, for financial assistance, they didn't say, give us the whole, you know, bag. They, I think he had asked for $20 million and they were sitting on 60 at the time. So you have an entire, you have the entire root of the movement, you know, speaking out against it. Yet the mainstream media, a bunch of white people, <laughs> a bunch of white people are still holding to the narrative that the very root, you know, families of the movement are speaking against. So it's, 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 it's just like the music industry, right? The music industry is control, you know, the, once you sign a record label in, in the music industry, you know, if you're a, a, an African-American performing artist, your boss is a white man. The white man dictates how you go about you know, all of it, your music production, you know, you answer to the white man once you sign into the music industry. And that's what they did with BLM. It's the same, same idea, uh, you know, but just, just uh, with a good PR campaign behind it. It's disgusting. Well, and so we have, you know, in the, the media juxtaposition of this, we have someone uh, in the comments who says, I live in Ottawa. Even the police stealing all their fuel there was totally peaceful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, they, <laughs> this, you know, make, making it making it illegal to bring 
I mean, that's like, that's like, you know, people take this out of context, but that's like Nazi Germany stuff. Like, you are a criminal for bringing supplies to someone, right? Like, that, that, was, that was 1940s Germany. If you got caught aiding and abetting, you know, uh, any, any, of, any of the Jews, you would get punished severely. And, you know, the same way, you know, in, in, in a historical context, the same way that the trucker convoy has been labeled, this is a really terrifying example of it now being here in the West, you know, creating, you know, the, I, I give it a week before they mobilize the military to break this stuff up and they'll create the perfect optic by forcing these truckers to run out of fuel. So what happens when you have several hundred trucks that can't go anywhere because they're out of fuel because you've turned it off, right? You turned off access to the fuel. And then now you have the optic. It's like opening the doors of the Capitol, right? Open the doors, let them in, make your, make your, your, you know, your, your video reel of the narrative you're going for. And so what happens when two, 300 trucks run out of fuel and jam up everything and then they mobilize the military to move them. So I honestly, I think it's going to be great. We've been saying it for years. Go ahead. Go ahead. Why is that? Oh, I was just going to say it's going to, it's going to be great because let's say that happens. Uh, I'm sure they're going to try and use it to spin their narrative and get little uh, video clips that they can mischaracterize everything. But I think what's really just going to happen is people, there's going to be so much footage of all these people actually there. You're going to see so much kindness and all these people coming together and people refusing to become these, you know, these wild people and fit into the characterization that the media and, you know, Canadian and U.S. authorities are trying to make these people out to be, similar to what happened in January 6th, but they don't have the controlled environment that they did. Um, and it's just going to completely turn on them. And people are just going to see, once again, the uh, in this particular instance, the disgustingly corrupt Canadian government uh, being this evil, evil uh, group of cronies who are trying to take away the uh, importance and significance of the actions that people are taking there. And it's, it's going to completely backfire on them. I'm, I'm going to guarantee it right now. Well, they even, uh, they, they even came out and said, well, we're just enforcing the will of the people. You know, the government came out and said, we're enforcing the will of the people. The people wanted the mask mandates. The people wanted, uh, you know, all of the, the measures for COVID. So they're turning it back onto the people. The elite are turning it back against the people saying, this is what you wanted. Why, why are you, you know, therefore we don't have to listen to you. Yet somehow there's an entire convoy of tens of thousands of vehicles blocking up one of the largest cities in the state or in the country. Well, I mean, I, I, this, whole, this whole thing, it, uh, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, both of these, uh, these issues... It's really clear financially uh, in terms of what they're actually doing, what they actually care about, when they choose to get mobilized, when they choose to actually, uh, you know, hold people accountable. They don't care about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter doesn't care about black lives. Um, and the these governments here in the United States and in Canada, locally and, and otherwise, they, they don't care about lives. They don't care about COVID. That's not what this is about. Uh, it's, it's all lie. This is hypocrisy at its worst. Uh, I just plugged their title there. Uh, before we before we move on and get to the rest of this stuff, uh, we do have a new sponsor for the show, um, 
and that is IP Vanish. So if you are tired of feeling like someone is always watching you on the internet, or that maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you, uh, or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, uh, you know, a lot of these browsers, they have incognito modes and things like that. Um, but using incognito, incognito settings uh, will not solve the problem for you. Uh, IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties, uh, which may be hackers, uh, your ISP, or advertisers. Uh, you can use IV pan IV IP Vanish, excuse me, on your computers, tablets, on your phones, and even on devices like your Fire Stick when you are streaming media. Uh, so when you use IP Vanish, all of your data is encrypted. Uh, this means that your private details, passwords, communications, uh, your browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Uh, even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's really simple. Uh, so you can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices. Uh, it's not like some setting or some services where you're limited to a certain number of uh, of IP addresses. Uh, so you can use it on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, uh, your Fire Stick, uh, whether uh, you're at home or in public, uh, don't go anywhere without IP Vanish. Uh, IP Vanish is offering an awesome. Uh, deal right now, 70% off of their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So it's basically like getting nine months for free, which is awesome. Uh, if you aren't new, or if you aren't familiar with IP, uh, with uh, VPNs, it's a really, really valuable thing. Uh, so IPVanish is really easy to use. All you have to do is uh, tap one button, and you're instantly protect protected. Uh, you won't even know it's running. You don't need to worry about it. Um, so stop sharing with the world everything that you watch, everything that you search for, and everything that you buy. They know enough of that already. Take your privacy back today uh, with the brand, which is rated 4.6 of 5 on Trustpilot. That's pretty high. Uh, this is an awesome, awesome company. So go to ipvanish.com forward slash daily uh, and use the promo code daily, and you will get 70% in savings. That is ipvanish, IPVA. N-I-S-H dot com slash daily. Um, so we're excited about that new sponsor. Go check them out. Uh, they just started with us this week. Um, so now, Mr. Producer, if you can, uh, can, we, are we, can we move on, Jake? Yeah, I had one more thing Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead before was the, I move uh, on. Uh, the, Tennessee, the Tennessee BLM founder sentenced to six years in prison for illegally voting. Mr. Producer, if you pull up that headline, oh, that's a great mugshot. So uh, BLM chapter founder in Tennessee was sentenced to six, in, this, is, uh, this was out yesterday, sentenced to six years in prison for illegally registering to vote while serving probation. She tricked the probation department into giving documents saying she was off probation and uh, pled guilty in 2015 to felonies, including tampering with evidence and forgery. Rot as well as misdemeanor charges, of, right? They they make it like like the whole rhetoric <laughs> now is that this was a racist. Like they hit her with six years because she's black, and you know it was voter fraud. But first of all, voter fraud doesn't. Know, I don't understand why this article even exists. Uh, but Moses ple uh, pled guilty in, in 2015 to felonies including tampering with evidence and forgery, as well as misdemeanor charges of perjury, stalking, and theft under five hundred dollars. 
Right, row. If you're in California, theft under $950 is legal. Next time you want to steal something, Moses, Miss Moses, stick to California. <laughs> but it's just another one of those situations where it's indicative of the, the stand-up, high-caliber, morally, you know, sure people that BLM likes to uh, recruit, right? You know, multi-million-dollar money launderers and 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 thieves and criminals. That's mm. uh, that was actually on the jo- the job posting for for BLM. I think you gotta love you. And this is they like what the mob does. Psychopaths. <laughs> mob mob style stuff. They, you know the the mob is the mob is kind of jealous. Probably they stole their they stole their ways. They yeah they took their shtick. Um, but okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna go on to some more hypocrisy. Let's go, uh, Mr. Producer. I'll give you a second. B thirteen. Let's put up B thirteen. So uh, I know I know you've heard about. It. We talked about it, Jake. Uh, Johns Hopkins came out with a study talking about the effectiveness of lockdowns. Do you, uh, if anyone hasn't gotten a chance to read the study, uh, it's in the description. Uh, it's in the description of the show. Uh, so go ahead and check it out. Um. But so here's a, before we actually pull up the study itself, here's a little news article that, you know, shockingly uh, came out immediately after the study did. Scientists criticize flaws in the study that found lockdowns do little to reduce COVID deaths. The new paper, drafted by three economists, does not come from John Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center. Well, that, uh, that's, uh... <laughs> That's a, a nice little uh, hit job right out of the gate. Uh, so now if we can actually go to the study itself, Mr. Producer, that is uh, image B5. Uh, so let's pull that up. This is just the uh, so people can see what it is that I'm going to be reading from. This is the Studies in, Eco- in Applied Economics, a Literature Review, and meta-analysis on the effects of lockdowns on COVID-19 mortality. So already they're trying to uh, call this nonsense and unqualified. These people are not from the Coronavirus Resource Center. How dare they? This is, uh, this is untrustworthy, right? If you can go to image V6, please, Mr. Producer. I'm going to read a little bit from this. This is the abstract. So this review and meta-analysis are designed to determine whether there is empirical evidence to support the belief that lockdowns reduce COVID-19 mortality. Uh, Here's where they define this. Lockdowns are defined as the imposition of at least one compulsory non-pharmaceutical intervention, or NPI. NPIs are any government mandate that directly restricts people's possibilities, such as policies that limit internal movement, sounds familiar, close schools and businesses, and ban international travel. They say that we employed a systematic search and screening of 18,590 studies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So uh, I'm not going to read this entire thing. You can read this uh, after the show if you'd like. Uh, If you can go to image B7, Mr. Producer. Um, So here's now, it gives a little bit of context. Early epidemiological studies, this reads, predicted large effects of NPIs an often cited model simulation study by researchers at Imperial College of London predicted that a suppression strategy based on a lockdown would reduce COVID-19 mortality by up to 98%. Wow, that sounds impressive, doesn't it? And this was the, uh, you know, if you can, uh, let's see, do I want to read any more from this? Um, we can take this down. Uh, so if we, if we recall, back, they we recall back to two years ago, go ahead. 
The part they won't mention is that for the first time in 20 years, cigarette sales actually went up <laughs> and uh, beer purchases went up 400 percent in 2020. I don't know about 2021, but beer per and in England, uh, deaths from alcohol went up 46 percent. So. Yeah, Maybe well, and we, we brought it up before. Zero two percent. Yeah, we we brought we brought it we brought it up before the suicide rate, the depression rate uh, amongst particularly children, uh, like you know five to eighteen, uh, has massively skyrocketed. Suicide is way up. Drug abuse. I mean, there's so many issues. And if we recall back to yesteryear, yester two years, whatever, uh, and the, the two weeks to flatten the curve. We're now in two years to. Uh, screw the American public out of all their money uh, and all their uh, businesses and enforce totalitarian medical state. But um, that was what? It was to stop the hospitals from being so overwhelmed by all the deaths, right? That was the narrative, right? Um, Well, that turned out to be a bunch of uh, bull caca. You're welcome, Mr. Producer. And then they they Uh, fired all the nurses. Well, so okay. Let's not jump ahead in the timeline. Let's uh, let's let's let's, uh, let's stay in history because they they had different science back then. Remember, they've learned so much in the last two uh, two forking years that now now they just know better. Uh, thank you, Jen Saki. So they had to stop all the hospitals from being overwhelmed by the dead people falling out of their cars everywhere, and then you could wear a paper mask because we didn't want to overwhelm the hospitals and pull all the all those things. And then a little later, it was, okay, well, maybe you should wear medical masks, but it's okay. This was actually like, this was mainstream news. Buy the, get the K, the, whatever, uh, KNN95 masks. They're from China and they work great. Chinese masks to fight the Chinese coronavirus from China. Um, Sorry to interrupt, but did you see all, did you see all the, the story that came out on all the test kits? Right? Three three weeks ago, the whole Biden administration. What, they, they were all like, garbage. We were, do you know? Do you remember? Well, that too. But um, every every American had the ability to like order three or four test kits, yeah. right? Yeah. And they set up that website, and you know we're talking something. I Jake, look at the camera. You're billions. making me uncomfortable. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> uh, well, maybe if my flight hadn't been canceled. Uh, but billions of dollars in test kits, and they were all made in China. There are articles on this. Yeah. Every yeah. single one of the test kits that Biden just dumped billions of taxpayer money on, they're all made in China. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a direct spit in the face of the American public that they sell you the virus, they sell you the cure, and then they take your checkbook you know, they take the checkbook out of your bag and start writing checks to sell you the test kits, which don't work. So mm. it's just a giant. I mean, the 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 complete uh, financial, you know, criminality of this on behalf of our own politicians. People should be furious. People should be up in arms about it. Um, it's like. It's it's like having someone murder a family weapon, uh, a family member, and they, they, they like you like you sold them the weapon. It's like that's it's it's the same level of insult that the politician is is doing with your money. Well, I mean, what they're doing is they're saying, hey, a bunch of like 
so I'll use a gun control analogy because this is the same thing, right? Uh, a lot of people are getting shot. Gun control is needed. So a lot of people are dying from gunshots, they say. The gunshot in this uh, metaphor is coronavirus, right? So they tell you that we need to remove all the guns from the streets. In this situation, that means people must leave the streets. We can have no people on the streets. You have to social distance, just like they want to distance us socially from our firearms, right? And then they go, well, you, you've all killed yourself with uh, your firearms, by which I mean coronavirus, because uh, you aren't listening. So we're going to sell you a testing kit that shows you if you've been shot by a gun. Uh, this is a weird part of the metaphor, because in real life, you would know if you've been shot by a gun or we're dying of coronavirus. But we have to, we have to be sold a test, which going back to the timeline, the PCR test, which was what they were using, that was the metric, right? Uh, it's like, oh, you've got, here's the case numbers and all this other stuff, and the, the hospitalization rates were bogus. We find that out, and all the death rates were bogus. Uh, now we're seeing all these other effects. On top of that, after they say, social distance from your guns because people are dying, we have test kits, and we're going to show you how many people are really dying from gunshots. And then they sell you a gun, which they shoot you with, which in this uh, case is the shot, by which I mean the uh, coronavirus uh, not a vaccine shot. Um, so, I mean, so there we have a nice little metaphor, right? One gun control is needed. Dollars. We're going to shoot you with a gun after we told you you were all dying of guns, so we take them. I mean, these people are psychopaths. If you can put up image B8, Mr. Producer, put up image B8. $1.3 billion of taxpayer money. One, yeah, two they, they Chinese have, test kits. Well, and this is just like a gun confiscation, right? They charge us to dispose of these guns, and then, and then they pay us with taxpayer money to take our own guns away from us. The, I mean, Penny these people are, are just, yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. So uh, we're going to look at this, we're finished running through this real quickly. We don't have much time. The global policy reaction to the COVID-19 pandemic is evident. Uh, CP or NPIs, or compulsory, which means by force, mandatory, right? Non-pharmaceutical interventions. Non-pharmaceutical means close your businesses, you don't travel, stay in your home, isolate, quarantine. Um, we defined those earlier. Um, you can see that again in the study, which is in the description. NPIs were first implemented in China. Uh, for there, they spread to Italy and virtually, virtually all other countries. Um, so I'm not going to go through this graph, uh, but if you could go to image B9, Mr. Producer. So now we have the impact of lockdowns on COVID-19 mortality. We turn to the meta-analysis. I'm reading from the study. Uh, in the analysis, we include 24 studies in which we can derive the relative effect of lockdowns on COVID-19 mortality, right? Because this whole thing was about deaths, right? Not cases. If cases were an issue, where was that when we had the common cold and the flu? Or when we saw numbers that uh, where the, you know, the supposed pandemic is no worse than the flu. And, uh, you know, even the CDC's numbers right now tell us that the average comorbidities for people dying of COVID is four. Okay, no problem there. Um, but so we include... 24 studies where we can derive the relative effect of lockdowns on COVID-19 mortality, where mortality is measured as COVID-19-related deaths per million. Uh, in practice, this means the studies we included estimate the effect of lockdowns on mortality or the effect of lockdowns on mortality growth rates while using a counterfactual estimate. Our focus, 
our focus is on the effect of compulsory non-pharmaceutical interventions, policies that restrict internal movement, close schools and businesses, and ban international travel, among others. We do not look at the effect of voluntary behavioral changes, like voluntary mask wearing, recommendations, or governmental services, but only on mandated NPIs. Again, NPIs be non-pharmaceutical interventions. These are lockdown policies. These are mandates, etc. If you can go to image B10, Mr. Producer. So, no effect on early mortality, or uh, no early effect on mortality, excuse me. So here, what they're going to talk about is other studies uh, and what they're finding. So on average, it takes, I'm reading from this again for those on audio, it takes approximately three weeks from infection to death. However, several studies find effects of lockdown on mortality almost immediately. That's interesting. How is that? Uh, Fowler et al. 2021 find a significant effect on SIBOs. Uh, you can, uh, this is talking about certain policies on mortality after just four days and the largest effect after 10 days. An early effect may indicate that other factors, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize, I'm going to emphasize the parentheses here, the parenthetical statement, omitted variables. An early effect may indicate that other factors or omitted variables drive the results. And thus we distinguish between studies which find an effect on mortality sooner than 14 days after lockdown and those that do not. So there's some criticism from this already, uh, but keep, keep that in mind, bear that in mind. Note that many studies do not look at the short term and thus fall into the latter category by default. All right. Um, go ahead and put up image B11, Mr. Producer. Conclusions. Here we get to. Here, here we go. Overall, our meta-analysis fails to confirm that lockdowns have had a sig large, significant effect on mortality rates. Studies examining the relationship between lockdown strictness find that the average lockdown in Europe and the United States only reduced COVID-19 mortality by 0.2 percent. 0.2%. Jake, what, did, what is that number? 0.2%. Uh, yes, yes, so I that think that's is, right. Is that, um, is, that, is that a big percent? No, when you, when you weight it and balance it against the other percentage increases of, of like cigarette smoking and drug overdoses and well, again, alcoholism. Again, the yeah, mortality no, rate was it's, what? It's, it's insignificant. So again, it's the survival rate was like 99%. Point nine eight percent. So you're saying so point two percent of point two percent compared to right. COVID nineteen policy. So this is based uh, compared to COVID nineteen policy based solely on recommendations. Uh, shelter in place and orders it forced, and it forced a hundred million people worldwide into extreme poverty. Yeah, it sounds like a great which idea, is right? Directly correlated with uh, further, you know, destructive habits: uh, alcoholism, homelessness, drug addiction. Yeah, uh, so so now I'm going to finish reading this real quick. So they, they only reduced, oh, so shelter-in-place orders, also ineffective, only reduced COVID-19 mortality by 2.9%. Um, studies looking at specific NP MPIs, such as lockdown versus no lockdown, face masks, closing non-essential businesses, border closures, school closures, limited gatherings, also find no broad-based evidence of noticeable effects on COVID-19 mortality. However, closing non-essential businesses seems to have had some some effect, likely related to the closure of bars. Shocking. Um, so go ahead and go to image B12, Mr. Producer. 
Um, oh, is this the same one? No. Oh, here, no, it's not. Overall, we conclude lockdowns are not an effective way of reducing mortality rates during a pandemic. There, should, there could be a period there. <laughs> uh, at least not during the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's a key thing. That, listen to this. Our results are in line with the World Health Organization Writing Group. Again, the World Health Organization Writing Group, 2006. They have a writing group? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm disappointed as well. Uh, who state, reports from the 1918 influenza pandemic indicate that social distancing measures did not stop or appear to dramatically reduce transmission. In Edmonton, Canada, isolation and quarantine were instituted. Public meetings were banned. Schools, churches, colleges, theaters, and other public gatherings were closed. And businesses, uh, business hours were restricted. Our findings are in line with Allen's conclusion 2021. Most recent research shown that lockdowns have had at best a marginal effect on the number of COVID-19 deaths. Uh, Poshel and Larson 2021 conclude inter interventions are generally effective in mitigating COVID-19 spread. But nine of the 43 or 21% of those results uh, that they review find no or uncertain association between lockdowns and the spread of COVID-19 suggesting that evidence from their own study contradicts their conclusion. That's shocking. So, uh, by the way, pull this down for one second. Um, by the way, um, this is, uh, talking about the 1918 pandemic, yeah, uh, this is the same uh, period of time that Anthony Fauci, Fauci wrote a paper talking about how masks didn't work and they caused a bunch of problems because people were getting bacterial pneumonia which is something we have also seen increase dramatically during the mask mandates. Shocking. Go to image B13. We'll finish up real quick. So again, here's this, uh, this article. Scientists criticize flaws in study that found lockdowns do little to reduce COVID deaths. Go to uh, image B14. Next image. So this is from that article. As the Johns Hopkins authors wrote, the Flaxman study assumed pandemic would follow an epidemiological curve unless countries locked down. Uh, skipping down a little bit. One of Ferguson's primary criticisms of the Johns Hopkins study was that it painted the term lockdown with too broad a brush. The Johns Hopkins study defined a lockdown as the imposition of at least one compulsory non-pharmaceutical intervention. Under this metric, a, a country whose only... COVID stricture is a five-day mandatory quarantine is treated exactly the same as a country experiencing curfews and blanket closures on public venues. Huh. So here's a criticism. People only quarantining five days, if there's a mandate for a five-day quarantine, this should not be treated as other countries doing more strict things, right? Go to the next image, Mr. Producer, image B15. So I'm just going to pull up real quick uh, the current CDC website. Uh, see, this is updated January 27th. 2022 regarding quarantine and isolation go ahead and go to the next image image b16 what does that say there when to stay home when does that say there i'll read it for you calculating quarantine the date of your exposure is, is considered day zero day one the first full day after your last contact with a person who had covid19 stay home and away from other people who for at least five days so Apparently, they're saying this study is inaccurate because five days isn't enough. But the CDC just said, yeah, five days is cool now. After we were saying two weeks, 
and all this other garbage and who knows, God knows when you could actually go back and see your family or go back to work. The CDC now says, oh yeah, five days is fine. Five days is cool. Psychopaths. If you can go to B17 real quick, Mr. Producer, and then we'll finish up, we'll wrap. Throughout the pandemic, COVID research out of Johns Hopkins has typically come from its coronavirus resource center, an initiative run out of the university's well-renowned medical school. Uh, so this new paper is by economists, and it's therefore BS, according to them. Uh, so here's the, the other criticism. The economists, who were led by Denmark's Jonas Herbie, only sought data on COVID mortality and ignored the effects of pandemic strictures on other factors such as hospitalizations or overall case rates. They also excluded any study whose account of lives was saved based on forecasts. So they excluded accounting of lives based on forecasts, and they only sought data on mortality. Go ahead and take that down. So in a study based on mortality, that would make sense, number one. Uh, number two, the hospitalization rates and the case rates are all garbage. The PCR tests were garbage. Uh, the hospitalizations, we've, how many cases have we had on this show and are being reported all over the place that the hospitals are being completely evil in how they're treating people. They're not caring for them properly. They're withholding drugs that are actually safe. They're giving them remdesivir. They're putting them on vents. They're killing people by protocol. And then they're criticizing a study saying, hey, maybe this didn't work. Because they're saying, well, they're not looking at case rates and hospitalization rates, which are completely garbage, which are bull caca. And forecast-based lives saved based on forecasts i thought we had like didn't we have two more years of science now we like know better what what does a forecast say that a bunch of million people are are saved when all these people are dying and now that now everyone's dropping from the shots i'm sorry i'm done with these people psychopaths well that's you know to wrap it up that's why they got rid of joe rogan or they've been so hard to get rid of him actually in the middle of this podcast apparently the ceo of rumble offered Joe Rogan $100 million to bring all of his episodes over to Rumble. Ha! It's good news to end this on. It good is. News. It is. There's a, there's a win. So uh, just on that, on that note, uh, we're, gonna, we're out of time. I know we are. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, screw these big tech uh, overlords. Forget Facebook and Meta and YouTube. And uh, they're all the same thing anyways now. Uh, if these people are going to cater and play politics like that, vote with your dollars. Uh, we haven't said it in a while, but boycott, boycott. Um, check out our sponsors, uh, our VPN that we just brought on, IP Vanish. Uh, and uh, we also, real quick, let's put up um, Enterforce. Uh, we do have, there is a, uh, a drawing going on right now. Um, so if you go to Enterforce, E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com, uh, you can use promo code CD10 and get a discount, or I believe it's CD21, and you will be entered in a uh, drawing uh, to get an additional uh, 1,000 entries to win an awesome truck. Uh, so that's enterforce, enrforce.com. Uh, check that out, promo code CD10 for a discount, CD21 to get an additional 1,000 drawings. I believe that's right. Uh, that is in our description as well. Uh, but if you like the podcast, check us out on Rumble. We're there at Conservative Daily. That's the main channel. We want to grow up. Uh, so please uh, check us out on Rumble. Smash the Rumble button. Share our Rumble 
uh, links. Uh, you can also follow us on Telegram. That's t.me forward slash conservative daily. Uh, you can find us live. We go live on conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on DLive, on Twitch, Frank's Beach, and CloudHub. Uh, you can also find us the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Audible. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. They are shadow banning us on Apple, so we're going to have that fixed. But make sure that you check out our, our uh, audio editions uh, as well. You can share those very easily. Listen to them in the car as I like to. Please give us a five-star review on Apple. Uh, if you uh, like this message or you know someone who needs to hear it, please share it uh, so that we can awaken more hearts and minds. Our goal is to be a sword in the hands of the American people to effect change and a loudspeaker, a, uh, a megaphone for the voice of Americans everywhere. So help us to do that. Help us to grow. Uh, text the word FREEDOM, that's F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. So you sign up for our text alerts, you know when we're going to be going live. Uh, and also subscribe to our uh, newsletter in the description of the show. Sign up for our, uh, for our email newsletter so that you know what we're rolling out with soon. Uh, you can check out our fax blasts as well. Those are very important. Uh, make sure to check out the one that's going to be coming out shortly today. So that's all for this episode of Conservative Daily. My name is Apollo. I'm Jake Freho, and my flight just got delayed another half hour. Let's go, Brendan. Let's go, Brendan. God bless America. It's time to take back our country. Till next time. <laughs>